and welcome to episode number 212 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by, oh yeah, no, not each and every week, because it's me solo again here. As we head into the NBA Finals, starting to whittle its way down, trying to figure out who is going to be coming out of these conferences, we'll talk about some odds there, we'll talk some Major League Baseball and what the player awards odds look like on that standpoint. Guess what I did? I put in an NFL draft bet for next year. We'll talk about that one as well. A tiny bit of golf, not a big card for me this week, and then we'll close things out. Talking about Kentucky Derby this past week because, man, that is some funny stuff. No doubt about it. Uh, Head over the lines, homepage. We got a Discord channel, a little button up in the right-hand corner. Join over there. We're giving away free money. So contests each and every week for whatever the big sporting event is that's going on. And we are giving away absolutely free money. So all you got to do is be a part of the Discord channel over there. So be sure and do that YouTube channel. It's actually backslash play picks um, over on YouTube. So backslash play picks, but uh, join the YouTube channel over there as well. Go ahead and subscribe. All right, guys. So let's take a look here at the NBA finals odds. And I don't want to talk game to game here because no telling when you're going to be consuming this media, when you're going to be trying to figure all this stuff out. But as we sit right now, there are eight teams left. With the Grizzlies being the longest shot, there is a 125 to 1 out there right now on the Grizzlies. John Morant with the bone bruise says he's not going to, team kind of says he's doubtful for the rest of the playoffs, not just for this series, even if they were to miraculously come out of this series. um, He's doubtful for the rest of the playoffs. So 125 to 1 for them. The Mavericks, the longest you can find them is 50 to 1. Sixers are 40 to 1. Then you look at the Bucks, they are 8 to 1. You can get the Heat at 550. Celtics at 450. You can get the Suns at 250 and then the longest you can find on the Warriors is 220. So just a little over 2 to 1 on your money. If you want to take the Warriors now, the Warriors are kind of, you know, a game up on the field here. If we're kind of really breaking this down due to the fact that they are just one game away from going ahead and being able to advance, which, you know, look, hey, getting some rest this time of year, I'm sure they would say they'd love to go ahead and close things out on Wednesday against the Grizzlies. So. Uh, Warriors at the short shot, rightfully so here. That being said, I mean, listen, Clay Thompson has not been great. And it makes you wonder if they're playing anybody but the Grizzlies, where would they be sitting? What would be going on? How would this be playing out? What if they were with the, what if this was, you know, fast forward a week and they were playing against the Suns? What if this was, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks and they were, you know, in the finals against one of the teams from the East? Would they be able to withstand what's kind of going on, you know, specifically with with, you know, one of the one of the premier scorers of all time, certainly one of the premier shooters of all time in Clay Thompson and him just not being able to find, you know, the bottom of the net. And so that is something that we are going to have to closely monitor here. As we get a little bit closer and move into different series and stuff like that, you know, is, is this a team that we feel like we can truly trust 
Draymond Green's playing defense like he's always played defense. He's doing great. Steph is not shooting even like Steph has shot. So there is a lot of relying on pool out there for this Warriors team. Now, does that does that translate to them not winning this series? No, they're going to win this series. There's no chance that Memphis is going to win three before the Warriors win one. But as they advance, this is where things, you know, of course, could get a little bit dicey. Second short shot, it's the Suns. So it's the Warriors and the Suns. So the West, and we're talking about winning the NBA championship, are the two short shots here. You look over, there's some sort of concern with some of, you know, some of all these other teams. One, you look at the Sixers. Not only is their backup against it, because Miami leads that series three to two, but you get another, you get another terrible performance from James Harden. Just no consistency on that team whatsoever. And while the Heat aren't the sexiest team in the world, they are certainly a team that every single night, they at least have somebody that can go out there and really frustrate you outside of just Jimmy Butler. And that's kind of where we're at right now. In that series, I do expect the Heat to go ahead and advance. I don't think that Philly wins two before the Heat win one. So the question is on the east side, like who comes out, right? I mean, the Celtics, again, best number you can find on them is four and a half to one. The Heat, five and a half to one. And then you got the Bucks at, at eight and a half to one is the best number you're going to find on them. We're going to move off the Sixers, right? So those three teams, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Bucks. We know what the story is with the Bucks, right? The Bucks don't have Chris Middleton. And so on any given night, an unbelievable performance by Giannis can be wasted because there's nobody out there to help him. And that happened in game number four monster game from Giannis minimal help from the teammates and they lose the game. Well, we got to figure out, you know, what is, when are we going to be able to get Chris Middleton back? We haven't really gotten a solid update of when Chris Middleton may or may not be back. So that is what you, that's what you're getting whenever you're taking a piece of the Bucks. Now, listen, if I had to make a bet on any of the teams right now, I would play the Bucks at eight and a half. Just strictly based on the number, right? I mean, they're in a series right now that's tied 2-2. And you've got the best player in left in the finals on your team. Because this current version of Embiid with the mask and the stuff going on, all stuff like that is, is not. It's Giannis. So you have the single best player left in the in the playoffs and you're getting an eight and a half to one in a series that's tied two to two. If I had to make a bet. I think that's the way I'm looking at it here. That said, I still think the Suns and the Warriors are far are are superior at this point to any of the teams over on the east side. But I'm not betting them at that short a number. You're not going to get that worse of a number if you just kind of play them you know, as we continue to move along. So no way I'm going to just, you know, play any, any team at 220, 240, something like that. But Bucks would be the bet for me at eight and a half as we sit today. And again, you know, Chris Middleton, you got to think at some point 
is going to be looking to get back out there on the court. Over in Major League Baseball, we are starting to see some of these award markets take shape, which is pretty interesting to me because of the way that they are taking shape. Specifically, the AL MVP award in which Shohei Otani has now separated himself from the field and is down to two to one. And listen, Shohei Otani is awesome. Do not get me wrong. I don't want anyone to take this as me trying to say that Shohei is not, should not be one of the short shots. He should be. He is completely deserving. That being said, for him to be that much ahead, because the next closest person is Mike Trout at plus 450. So you're getting more than double, more than double the price than on Shohei Otani. Look, he has picked it up of late. He has picked it up of late. So I'm not going to sit here and and completely say, hey, hey, you know, whatever. But he's hitting 250. His OBP is 315. He's got six homers. He's striking out at a 24% clip and walking at an at a eight and a half percent clip. I mean, it's it he he's good. He is he is very, very good. But those batting stats alone would have him, you know, 15th in this discussion. So you're like, yeah, well, he pitches as well. You're right. He does pitch as well. And that's kind of where we're at as far as trying to mesh the two players together and then figure out, okay, then what does that mean? A 3.08 ERA, certainly good. Certainly good. A 3.08 ERA by every stretch of the imagination is good. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. However, and I will, you know, however, when you look, that 3.0 ADRA isn't in the top 30 as far as pitchers go. Top 20, I should say, anyway. Over in the American League. And then we also have to remember that Shohei Otani is part of a six-man rotation. So he is going to pitch less than every other guy who is truly in contention for pitching awards, right? So then we go over and we look, okay, well, then you're like, okay, well, if, if if so much is reliant on his pitching as well, then he must be one of the real short shots for, for Cy Young. Well, he's 10 to 1 to win the Cy Young, actually a good bit behind double the odds of, of a Justin Verlander, Kevin Gaussman, behind Dylan Cease, behind Garrett Cole. So it's this weird dance we're doing mentally trying to squish the two players together where it's kind of like a good but not great hitter, a good but not great pitcher, and does a good but not great hitter plus a good but not great pitcher equal than the MVP of the league. And that's kind of this dance we're going to play all year long. Now, listen, he could keep up some of his better pitching starts 
or keep up hitting at a better clip, and then this won't be a, much of a discussion. But as we sit right now on May the 11th, those this is just this is just the hard stats here, right? I mean, these are just these are just the hard stats. This is what we are. This is what we are looking at as a player from Shohei Otani. So we will just have to figure out, you know, we'll keep to monitor monitoring this, but I, I would not recommend I couldn't tell you to put in a ticket on him at two to one. Given what we have right now in all of this. Now, that said, who who would I put a ticket in on? Well, you know, look, Trout's having an unbelievable season, but at four and a half to one, I mean, he's losing out to his own teammate. Do we think that a teammate could, could, could steal votes from another teammate, all that stuff like that? I think that's the thing of the past, right? So I'm not really worried. I, I'm not, I don't think that Trout has to worry about that so much. It's just that he does, you know, fighting the narrative of the, of the both sides player. Vlad's numbers aren't on pace to what they were last year. He's five to one. Aaron Judge is eight to one. Byron Buxton is 10 to one. Jose Ramirez is 11 to one. Then you get to everybody from that point is like 19 to one or longer. Vonda Franco's 19 to one. Luis Robert, 25. Jordan Alvarez is 30. Devers, 35. I think the only thing I could possibly put a ticket in on is Jose Ramirez at 11 to one. The problem with putting in the ticket on Jose Ramirez at 11 to one is basically, are they going to penalize him for playing on this Cleveland Guardians team who, don't get me wrong, right now they're, they're, they're 500, but we assume the White Sox are going to pick it up. We assume the Twins hold on here. So it's going to be a team that's going to be third in the Central clawing, scratching, trying to get some sort of playoff berth. Is that going to be good enough? I understand that the Angels were ter- were not good last year in Shohei won, but again, Shohei did something we had not seen in, in you know, 75 years. So is it going to be good enough for him playing on a mediocre, maybe even a non-playoff team? And I don't know that that's going to be able to, to get it done. Like, that's the only thing. When you look at Ramirez and what he's able to, what he's been doing so far this season, it is not, you know, there's, there's very little argument here, right? He's only striking out an 8% clip. He's walking at a 15% clip. He's hitting homers. He's getting RBI. He's even stealing bases here and there. But again, it comes down to with an OBP of 406, I might add. But it comes down to one, him sustaining this all year long. And then two, are they going to give it to a guy on a bad team? And that's what we have to kind of handicap here. That being said, 11 to one, I think those odds are too long. I think those odds are kind of disrespectful. If I had to play one of these guys right now, certainly wouldn't be a two to one on Otani. It would be looking more like an 11 to one on Jose Ramirez. Just checking in on those Cy Young odds odd, uh, on the National League side. Max Scherzer, 5-1. to one. Corbin Burns, 5-1. to one. Carlos Rodon, if you remember, we have a ticket on him at 16-1. to one, Is down to 6.5-1. to one. Walker Bueller, 12. Clayton Kershaw, 17. Pablo Lopez, 20. Max Freed, 20. Joe Musgrove, 20. Brandon Woodruff, 20. Everybody else is 28-1 to one or longer. 
this is such a log jam. It's very hard for me to recommend any of these guys right now because if we stopped today, stop the count. For stopping the count today, you could hand the award to Scherzer, Burns, Rodon, you know, Bueller. Even you make a case for Kershaw. You could hand it to just about any one of these guys, and like it'd be a very tough argument to be against that. So. Uh, tough to make any recommendation right now. I wish Rodon was longer and I'd tell you to go him, but six and a half to one's appropriate at this point for him. Maybe Musgrove at 20 if you were trying to play a long shot. But that's about it. On the rookie of the year side of things, uh, national uh, from the American League side, Julio Rodriguez, Jeremy Pena, both at 425. Bobby Witt at 550. Joe Ryan at 650. Spencer Torkelson at seven to one and then Stephen Kwan at 10 to one. Those are the only real contenders right now. Adley Rutschman's at 19 to one. He's yet to play a game so far. Look, none of these guys are lighting it up. That said, Julio Rodriguez is certainly coming around. Jeremy Pena is certainly coming around. Spencer Torkelson and Bobby Witt are hanging on. They're not going anywhere, so they're going to be up all year long. So you do have that, despite it, you know, just the one of the most horrible slumps you've ever seen. Like they're going to be up, so they're going to be in this this race. I think the interesting one might be George Kirby. Over in the American League, he is a pitcher with electric stuff. He's sitting 20 to one. And then you have Royce Lewis at 40 to one who got called up by the twins. Now there's no, there's absolutely no way to know whether they're going to keep him up or not, but he got called up the injured Carlos Correa and Royce Lewis does a little bit of everything. And currently at 40 to one, if he is, is able to stick in the majors that 40 to one, you're going to love having that ticket. That said, there's no guarantee on him that he's going to be able to stick. Over on the National League side of things, say a Suzuki's minus 135. Yes, you heard me say that correctly. Minus 135 for Rookie of the Year, even though we're only on May the 11th right now. Now, the thing about say a Suzuki whenever we start to look at stuff is his incredibly hot start to, to, to begin the season has tapered off and has tapered off fairly significantly. And now there is, there are some pretty good hypothesis out there as to why that is pitchers, more tape on him, starting to figure him out know how to pitch him a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. But as we sit right now, (laughs) I can't even believe I'm saying minus 135. It just, it seems, it seems crazy to me. Now, look, if we're looking at the season so far, 255 average, he's hit four home runs. He's got 16 RBI. He's getting on base at a 366, OBP of, of 366. So, look, that is, that is definitely very good. 
an incredible start for him as well. That being said, if we go to the beginning of May, the beginning of May, since then, talking about eight games, you know, since the beginning of May, but he's hitting 192, an OBP of 250. He has not hit a home run in the month of May so far. Only two RBI things to think about, right? So never in a million years am I laying that price on him. I think that is absurd, that price on him. So now you start looking at some of these other guys, and Mackenzie Gore looks like he's going to have a place in that rotation at 4-1, to one, and then everyone past that is 22 or longer, which is why what makes National League MVP so incredibly interesting. You have C.J. Abrams, who's getting decent amount of playing time for the Padres. Nick Lodolo is going to be back in that rotation for the Reds. O'Neill Cruz is likely to get called up very soon. Juan Yepitz just got called up by the Cardinals and has played in the last, I think, six or seven games, five or six games for them. There are a lot of guys that still could win this thing over on the National League side of things. I would put some long shot tickets in my account on the, on the NL side and not feel and not think twice about it. Say a Suzuki at minus one thirty five is, is, is absurd and never, I, I refuse. I refuse to let you put that ticket in your account. Do not do it. So we had a good NFL draft. If you listen to our NFL draft special, we got things done. We made some money. Everything's great. Love that event. The NFL draft, we're not worried about somebody having to go out there and actually perform on the field. Look, we get some good information. We roll with it. And with that, we try to make some money. Well, I did just that as well. Except it's for the 2023 NFL draft. And I put in a ticket on Will Levis to be the number one overall pick at 35 to 1. I think that number is still available. Maybe it's 30 to one now. But a bunch of these way too early mock drafts have come out. And here's the thing. Yes, where these teams are going to be slotted, we don't know which teams are going to be bad and which are going to be good and all that. But one thing we do know in all of this is that every one of the, the consistency in every one of these mock drafts is this. Five to seven quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Most of them have at least six. Some of them have seven. That is how good this quarterback class is. And while C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are the cream of the crop when it comes to the quarterbacks, there are some that are not far off, including Will Levis. So there are a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different names out there that you're going to hear. You're going to hear Tyler Van Dyke. You're going to hear Spencer Rattler, who, by the way, is trying to re, you know, reinvent his career over in South Carolina. Phil Jerkovic is another guy you're going to hear. Anthony Richardson. You might hear some Hendon Hooker. You might hear some Malik Cunningham. Keaton Slovis certainly is not out of the question. And Tanner McKee is certainly a guy that could work his way in. So there are a lot of guys with a lot of talent who could work their way into the first round this year. Will Levis seems to be a lock to go in the first round. I have seen some of these way too early mocks with him going as high as five. I've seen one with him going number one overall. 
and with a with when you have a quarterback class that is going to be as good as this one, sometimes it's just going to be beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Who is going to have that number one overall pick? And do they just like what Levis brings to the table over what Young and Stroud do? Or Van Dyke or one of these other guys. So again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world in what is going to definitely be a quarterback heavy class to have some 30 to ones in your in your pocket. Now, I'm never betting Stroud or Young or any of these short shot guys. Never. Am I, I'm never doing that. But having some 30 to ones sitting there, listen, if your bankroll can afford it, if you can afford to lock up money for that long, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. Because there's going to be five or six, maybe even seven quarterbacks taken in the first round in the draft. And you just need someone to fall in love with your guy. So if you have some 35s, 30s, 35s sitting in your account, you know, you put a quarter unit on it and just forget about it. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. So as I continue to look through this and get some of the, get some more information, it's something I think I'm going to do. Just, you know, give me two or three of these 35 to ones and, and forget about it. Because if they play well, that number is going to be way gone. If they get any sort of buzz, that number is going to be way gone. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We got the Byron Nelson this week over on the golf side of things. Very, very small card for me because I'm looking forward. I'm looking ahead to next week for the PGA Championship. So I'm not doing a bunch of derivative bets, all the different things this week. I will just say this. Look, this is going to be a scoring fest. This is going to be some the winning score is going to be 20 under or better in this one. Length does help at this course. It's not incredibly tough to hit the green, stuff like that. So really and truly, I just look for guys. I look for some guys with distance and I look for guys that score. And I wanted to play a little bit longer, a little bit longer shots here because in these scoring fests, it's not always the best players that win, right? It can just be the guy that gets the hottest. So um, some guys that are going to make it for me. And again, these are all just outright bets. I'm not going to have a lot of derivative bets. I'm going to have, you know, a fraction on these guys of what I normally play in any golf week. But um, Sam Burns, Joaquin Neiman, Aaron Wise, Maverick McNeely, Keith Mitchell, Lanto Griffin, and Josh Bramlett. Um, I think it's just going to be, again, like, I'm just going to make outright plays this week. Maybe I'll make a few top 20 plays on some of these longer shot guys because I'll get a I'll get decent plus money on that as well. But that's about it for me this week on the golf side of things. There's 
head over to thelines.com. We have an awesome breakdown from John, as we usually do. And go ahead and see what he has to say on all this. But yeah, short card for me this week. Finally, wrap things up with some horse racing. If you made money, good on you. The horse that needed two scratches in order to get in was in the race for all of 30 hours, goes and wins. Good on you if you bet the long shot. By the time this thing went off, it was 80 to 1. There were some fixed odds prices out there where, you know, 150 to 1 and stuff like that. And, you know, look, I am not sitting here talking trash about horse racing or horse handicappers or any kind of stuff like that. There is a skill. There is an art. But I think we go a little bit too overboard on all of this. Mainly my main thing that you can take from all of this with Rich Strike winning at 80 to 1, getting in, needing two strikes, I mean, needing two scratches to get in. It's just bet horse racing for fun. Don't overextend your bankroll. Make this a fun thing that you do every year, but don't think you're actually going to come out of this thing making money. It's just not, it's, it's just not one of the things that, you know, I can ever, ever, ever recommend that you go in thinking that you're going to come out with any sort of ROI. So just my PSA to you, horse racing every year, Kentucky Derby every year. Yeah. You know, toss a hundred, couple hundred bucks or something like that. If you can afford it, but understand that you're basically, you know, you're not going to see that money again. And it's okay. It's okay. It's fun. You get together with some buddies. It's exciting. You see the horses do their thing for a couple of minutes. It's, it's a good deal. But it's not a, a true betting opportunity. It's more of a fun opportunity. It's like going to the movies. You pay your money to go to the movies. You know you're not going to get any ROI. Your ROI is the enjoyment that you get from watching the movie. Same deal with horse racing. Just look at it like that. It's like you're going to the movies. Guys, everything we talk about, you know, obviously we got something over on the line. So head over to the lines for sure. Be sure and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're putting out all kinds of stuff all the time on there as well. That Discord, as I mentioned, upper right-hand corner, click the button, join the community, and you'll be able to get in on some free contests where you win free money for doing absolutely nothing. All you're doing is playing here for uh, for free money. That's what we're doing here at the lines over at PlayPix as well. I'm trying to give you guys, create a community here and, um, you know, make you some money along, along the way. We'll be back next week. We'll have a very big full preview golf major next week. We're going to get another major champion crowned next week. We'll have a better idea of what's going on on the NBA side of things from the playoffs. And uh, we'll even look at the NHL a little bit on the playoff side of things as well. Good luck on all your bets. 